live at your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. All kinds of stuff on the plate to talk about, including a TSA experience. We will find out exactly what happened to a man who had a new Mac computer that he tried to get through the TSA checkpoint. A, a laptop computer? Yes, a lap com- laptop computer. We'll uh, get into that. But first, your phone calls. Let's go to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Good. what's on your mind? Um, I was listening to your pod- podcast on uh, Friday night show, and you were talking about uh, picking up women at bars and giving advice. And... Uh, the reason I was listening to the podcast is because Friday after work, I went out with uh, some buddies from work, and we went to a bar, so I was unable to listen to your show. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a piece of advice that I thought would uh, would be interesting to put out there. Um, so it happens that on Friday night, I met somebody at the bar, and um, without trying any of your pieces of advice that you gave or anything, I just was acting like myself. Good advice. And uh, somebody, uh, the the bartender was actually, um, after my buddies had left after a couple of hours, I had about a half a beer left to go, so I was going to finish that up and go home, and then the bartender came out from behind the bar, she was getting off, and she sat down next to me, and we started to talk, and I had a couple more, and... Um, we want to go back and see her on Thursday night. Hey, nice. Didn't actually pick her up, but um, she gave me her schedule. She says, hey, come back Monday night. I work Monday night, and I can't do that. So so she said, well, I work Thursday, and I work Friday. So now, wait, are you sure she wasn't just Thursday. giving you her schedule so you could come in and drink on the nights that she works? Well, I don't drink that much, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Um, you know, that you might find that with a uh, stripper. It doesn't It doesn't seem very likely in a, in a, for a bartender to do okay. that same trick. Right. And, and, you know, it wasn't, uh, we were having a very interesting discussion, and um, she had to go home. Um, she had a couple of dogs, and one of her dogs had died, mm. and uh, she was telling me about that. And um, I was telling her some of the experiences that I'd had with some of the animals. And, you know, we just I was just being honest, just being myself and talking with her about myself and letting her talk about herself. Good and, uh, you know, that's... That one. I, it's just, it seems to me that's just the way to go. You're not, you're not playing games that way. You're I agree 100%. I, I think that uh, the, the call that uh, sort of spurred the conversation um, was, uh, a, you know, some guy who had a, a system, um, mystery, I think was uh, some word uh, that was involved in it. Well, that was a, that's, what, that's what you were doing when they paid $5,000. I can go out and be myself for free. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I, and, and, and I think that's much... It's, it's a lot better because you don't have to remember anything. You don't have to play these games. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to be worried about caught being caught lying or anything like that. You just act natural. Act, be who you are. You know, I, 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 I hear you. And I think that that ma- and I think it makes a lot of sense. And it sounds it certainly sounds like the way to go. But um, you know, I, I think some guys do need some training when you know dis- getting into relationships. Uh, you know, getting the girl that they want, that kind of thing. I I think they do need a, a little bit of advice on especially how to comport those themselves. Who are, especially those who are introverted. I mean, if if uh, you go into a bar and you be yourself and you naturally 
yourself don't talk to people, then you would have to have someone approach you and strike up the conversation. And I think that's what a lot of these guys are looking for when they're looking for those hints and those tricks is, uh, you know, they're looking to build up that courage to go up and actually ask that, that initial question. That's not to say that they wouldn't be themselves in the conversation, uh, though, uh, if you if you never start the conversation, you won't have the chance to have them know who you are in the first place. Well, that, that's true, I guess. If you're um, if you're not gonna uh, be comfortable talking with people, you need to get comfortable talking to people. That's right, Matt. If um, you're just a player, you're just naturally a player, my friend. <laughs> well, I'm not a player. That's, that's <laughs> just kidding, you, man. Matt. Um, but, any other thoughts tonight, Matt? Well, there was one other thing uh, on Friday night's show that I heard that I just wanted to make a small correction on. Somebody. I uh, called in talking about a 13th constellation and the Zodiac. Okay. And um, that's just, he obviously doesn't understand how the Zodiac works. The Zodiac doesn't work by constellations per se. Each constellation rules a slice in the sky that is 30 degrees. And 12, constel- uh, 12 slices of 30 degrees adds up to the circle that's 360 degrees. There you go. Okay. More than you ever wanted to know. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, Nick, uh, not quite yet old enough to go into bars. Not in this country. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, any comments on meeting women, um, out, being outgoing, not approaching? Really. No. No. Not, not, not being somebody who can't really go to a bar on a regular basis, or it's difficult when you're under 21 to really go to a lot of the venues where you tend to meet women. Um, in a social setting, so not really. I don't know if that's true. I think that uh, school is probably a good place to to meet women. Yeah, I had a steady girlfriend throughout high school, so never really had any incentive to... It's good. Uh, it's a good yeah. problem not to have. So, uh, no, I don't really have much to say on that. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, uh, let's go to the blog world here. This is from michaelnagard.com. It's a story from the airport. On waking, I reach for my BlackBerry. It tells me what city I'm in. The hotel rooms offer no clues. Many doors into the same house from the size of my suitcase. I can recall the length of my stay, one or two days, the small bag, three or four, the large. Two bags means more than a week. It sounds like a part of a, at a fight club. Getting there is the worst part. Flying is an endless accumulation of indignities. Airlines learn their human factors from hospitals. I've adapted my routine to minimize hassles. Park in the same level of the same ramp. Check in at the less used kiosks in the transit level. Check my bag so I don't have to F around with the overhead bins. I'd rather dawdle at the carousel than drag the thing around the terminal anyway. Always the frequent flyer line at the security checkpoint. Sometimes there's an airline person at the entrance of that line to check my boarding pass. Sometimes not. In irritation, I'd rather it, I'd rather it was always or never. Sometimes means I don't know if I need my boarding pass out or not. Same words to the TSA agent. Standard responses. Doing fine, whether I am or not. Same belt. It's gone through the metal detector every time. I don't need to take it off. Only today, something's different. Hmm. Instead of my bags trundling through the x-ray machine, she stops the belt. Calls over another agent. Another agent flocks to the screen. A gabble. A conference. Some consternation. They (laughs) pull my laptop. My new laptop. Making its first trip with me out of the flow of bags. One takes me aside to a partitioned cubicle. Another of the endless supply of TSA agents takes the rest of my bags to a different cubicle. No yellow brick road here, just a pair of yellow painted feet on the floor, and my flight is boarding. I'm made to understand that I should stand and wait. 
My laptop is on the table in front of me, just beyond reach, like I'm waiting to collect my personal effects after being paroled. I'm standing, watching my laptop on the table, listening to the security clucking just behind me. There's no drive, one says, and no ports on the back. It has a couple of lines where the drive should be, she continues. A younger agent joins the crew. I must now be occupying ten, perhaps twenty, percent of the entire security force. At this checkpoint, anyway. There are three score more, the other five checkpoints. The new arrival looks at the printouts from the x-ray, looks at my laptop sitting small and alone. He tells the others that it is a real laptop and not a device, that it has a solid state drive instead of a hard disk. They don't know what he means. He tries again. Instead of a spinning disk, it keeps everything in flash memory. Still no good. <laughs> like the memory card in a digital camera, he points to the x-ray. Here, that's what it uses instead of a hard drive. The senior agent hasn't been trained for technological change. New products on the market? They haven't been TSA approved. Probably shouldn't be permitted. He requires me to open the device and run a program. I do, and despite his inclination, the lead agent decides to release me and my troublesome laptop. My flight is long gone now, so I head for the oh, service man. center to get rebooked. Behind me, I hear the younger agent, perhaps not realizing that even the TSA must obey TSA rules, repeating himself. It's a MacBook Air. Now, this is the new laptop from uh, Apple that's really expensive and sexy, and everybody's all a flutter over it in the tech world. But it doesn't have a CD or DVD drive, and that's what threw off the TSA agents. The fact that it didn't have a CD-ROM drive for them to identify it as a laptop with. And so they pulled over half the security force. <laughs> and he missed his flight. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there, totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, those features, by the way, include live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you. Enjoy them at freetalklive.com. March 12th through the 15th is the 56th annual running of the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. It's presented by Fresh from Florida. The world's fastest sports cars will battle for 12 hours on the famous Sebring Road Course. For tickets and information, call 1-800-626-RACE or visit SebringRaceway.com. March 12th through the 15th, don't miss it. SebringRaceway.com. 800-259-9231. So the last story we were talking about was how the TSA freaked out over one man's new Mac laptop, the MacBook Air, which is really light because it doesn't have a DVD drive in it. They've made it very slim. The form factor is very small, and it's probably very expensive. I don't honestly know. I haven't checked because I'm not interested in purchasing one. But uh, when he went through the TSA checkpoint... It also doesn't have a hard drive. Or a, correct. It has a flash hard drive. Right, right. Uh, solid state drive. So, And that's that's kind of the future, I think, of uh, of hard drives from what I understand. Because, you know better than I. Well, because the uh, the flash doesn't have moving parts. So your chance of a failed hard drive with one of these solid state drives Diminishes. is next to nothing, uh, which is cool. So anyway, this uh, MacBook thing, it looks a little differently from a normal laptop. So that set them off. The TSA is always on the lookout for things that are suspicious. Haven't they seen the commercials with the uh, the, the the cool song and um, where they pull the laptop out of the envelope and uh, you know show just how small it is? I mean, these I, I don't know. I would I imagine even, they I watch, don't watch TV. Much TV, and I've managed to see this thing. Actually, well, I like the song and. Uh, 
you know, I've noticed thank, it from that. Thank goodness one of the TSA agents actually had some idea of what was going on. He, he watches somewhat, TV. Right. He was somewhat technical, and he came over and explained the situation to them. Can you imagine if they all of them had just been completely in the dark, and then they started questioning the, the, you know, the customer in this particular case, the individual? He would be trying to explain to them what it was, and they would probably just not believe him. What do you mean there's no DVD drive? What are you talking about? We've never seen a laptop like this. Sorry, you can't have it. How do, you, how do we know this isn't the controller for a bomb that you've planted on the airplane? I mean, we've seen how suspicious these guys get. And it usually, actually, the last time we read a story similar to this, or one of the, the last times, it was another Apple product. Yeah. Wasn't it the mouse? Yeah, like it was the Apple a, mouse. They had some special mouse that, uh, what was it? It didn't even have a button, right? It didn't have a button. It, it, <laughs> it, it was itself the button. <laughs> so, because the mouse didn't have a button, they thought it was some sort of a bomb device of some sort. and a problem. You know, somebody else missed their flight as a result of that. Just absolutely awful. You know, and it... No big deal till you miss your flight, you know? Right, and what can you do? You know, these people are in control. It's not like you can just go through the checkpoint and get on the plane. So if you had an important, imme- uh, important meeting to get to, too bad. At least the guy got to keep his laptop. They didn't confiscate it or something like that. Anyway, uh, this kind of ties into the next story I had here from CBS, uh, CBS13.com in San Francisco. Police agencies from coast to coast are furious with a new website on the Internet. RateMyCop.com has the names of thousands of officers, and many believe it's putting them in danger. Now, I'd like to say that uh, perhaps you, maybe they could expand this website to have a TSA component where you can rate the TSA as, as well. Uh, but actually, I tried going to the website just a few moments ago, and it is not working. So they may have already succeeded in taking this site offline, and this, mm. this news story is fresh as of a couple of days ago. But anyway, the cops are very upset. The vice president of the Latino Police Officers Association recently learned about the site, and he said, I'd like to see it gone. Having a website like this out there puts a lot of law enforcement in danger. Why? It exposes us out there. Having their, I mean, their, how, do, how do they, it seems like they probably have, uh, I would assume on a lot of police uh, websites, they have the names of their officers. I know here in Keene that you can get the entire uh, roster. And why is it so bad that people know officers' names? Doesn't make sense to me. Who cares if they know where they live? Aren't they supposed to be our well, servants? They don't, they don't give their address, home addresses. Well, they're worried about that. Kevin Martin, the vice president of the San Francisco Police Officers Association, agrees. He says, will they be able to access our home addresses, home phone numbers, marital status, whether or not we have children? That's always a big concern for us. Now, remember, he's not saying they will. He's asking whether or not the right. site will offer those things. I think the answer to that is no. Creators of the site say no personal information will be on the site. They gathered officers' names, which are public information from more than 450 police agencies nationwide. Some listings also have badge numbers along with the officers' names. Rebecca Castell says in a statement that the site helps people rate more than 130,000 officers by rating them on authority, fairness, and satisfaction. She adds, our website's purpose is to break the stereotype that people have that all cops are bad by having officers become responsible for their actions. Now, of course, the police aren't interested in responsibility, which is why they are opposing the website. Right. The site is so new that many Bay Area police agencies aren't even aware, aware of it. San Francisco police say they have no connection with the site and would not take any of its comments seriously. 
Police associations that represent more than 100,000 police and sheriffs in California are now seeking legislation to see if they can eliminate the site altogether. Well, we've seen how uh, successful legislation is for the Internet. It's not very successful at all. It's true. I mean, you can gamble online. It's illegal to gamble in the United States online. Yeah, they'll just move their servers to the Middle East or something like that where they can't be taken out by some court order. They say officers who are raided face unfair maligning without any opportunity to defend themselves. The CPCA will work with other law enforcement associations to pursue legislation to stop the website. However, the former police commissioner says eliminating the site is difficult. He says any kind of publication is protected as long as it's not publishing privileged information, he said. There you go. So that pesky First Amendment is getting in the way of the coppers again. You know, and and the other thing is they don't. The, the, we we've seen how cops respond to complaints. They don't even like to let them happen. So here you go again. Is they're just trying to stifle a complaint before it comes around. Mm-hmm. Unfair maligning. Well, obviously, when you read feedback on a police officer, you're going to know that there's some people out there that are, you know, are liable to write anything on the internet. I think that uh, y- you know anybody who's responsible who's reading this can make a make some assertions. But it's also a good idea to know who you're dealing with. You're dealing with a quite possibly rogue cop because the cops aren't very good at dealing with their own rogues. Absolutely. And this is just information and people should have access to it. And, and I don't know. I, I would love to go to the website to actually see exactly what it's like. But it's, I've been there. It's Have you? Yeah. As of when? When? Yeah. Uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, really? And? Um, well, you, you click on your state and then you click on your town mm-hmm. and uh, then it gives you a list of the officers in your town and... I didn't know any officers, so I didn't click any farther. Okay, so you don't know if you can leave comments or anything like that? That was my impression, is that you could leave a comment. I, I think I did click on an officer. I just picked one at random and picked, and that you could leave a comment there. So then I don't see why the officers who are so concerned about not being able to respond, why couldn't they leave a comment on their own profile and say, I, I don't see why not. Look, I don't know who this guy is. Uh, he's just making a claim. Uh, I, I would think that people that actually have tickets, for instance, would be able to scan in their ticket to prove that they've interacted with the officer, but... Either way, it's just information on the Internet. People can say anything about you online, and it's it's high time these government people started to realize that. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The only way that we're going to have any kind of recourse against uh, you know, the government out there is to ha- is information, whether that information's in the form of pictures or words on the Internet. And you know, the Internet's going to really change the way we're governed. 800 You can bring up whatever's on your mind. On the way, we'll do a little translating of, as they call it, Leviathan speak. What does it mean when a bureaucrat actually speaks? What is he really saying? We will uh, translate some of that for you and talk to you about whatever's on your mind. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Scientists have discovered a human hormone that increases people's trust in each other, oxytocin. And for the first time, with Liquid Trust, you can harness this power. Buy Liquid Trust now at 800-507-3718 or liquidtrustspray.com. Use code FTL to get free shipping. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's totally free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. Over 340,000 posts, lots to talk about, serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at freetalklive.com. By the way, uh, bbs.freetalklive.com gets you right to the bulletin board system. 
Soviet-style central planning doesn't work. So what's the best way to reach out to liberty lovers? Google ads, direct mail, free talk live? Only you know what's best. You choose what project is worthy of your dollar. Go to freestateproject.org slash donate and choose how you want to contribute. That's freestateproject.org slash donate. We go to the phone calls. Christian anarchist Gene is on the line from Tennessee. Hello, Gene. Actually, I'm in Mississippi working on the election here. we got the northern uh, Mississippi area. I've been putting out Ron Paul signs at voter precincts, and the election is about over, so I'm on my way to pick them up. And uh, I've heard reports, and I don't know if they're accurate, but I've heard reports that some of the Republicans are crossing over to the Democratic side and voting in the Democratic primary because they're so scared down here that Obama might get the nomination. So I guess some Republicans are actually jumping ship and voting for Hillary just so that Obama won't uh, won't get the nomination. Because well, that can only been be good for Ron. Demo- yeah, that doesn't do much good for Ron, does it? But uh, well, they've no, been doing wouldn't. that. It would do some good because likely the people that will jump ship are McCain, uh, you know, people that would, would vote for McCain. And well, that's true. It, it, it should skew the numbers, hopefully, because uh, the Ron Paul people, they're all going to show up. You know, they're not going to. Yeah, I would think so. They're, they're, there's nothing going to keep them away from the polls. And uh, But uh, they've been running out of Democratic uh, ballots at the wow. the polls. Well, which, that's what Rush Limbaugh told them to do. So that's kind of the talking. I guess that's one of the instruction points oh. that they've been. It, yeah, they've been fed from their Rush, masters. So. I never listened to Rush, so I didn't realize that that was the new talking point. Well, I don't listen to Rush either. That's just what I heard through the grapevine. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, anyway, uh, other than that, um, uh, you know, well, like I say, I'm going around picking up signs, and I was able to go into one of the polling agencies with my, with my truck, my Ron Paul truck, which now has a 4 by 8 signs on the back of it. Wow. And uh, they kicked me out of the parking lot because they said I couldn't be that close to the polling <laughs> place with my truck. But um, the other thing I was going to discuss was the Internet, because you were talking about it, and I mentioned to you before that uh, within a very short period of time, at least by the time our next election cycle rolls along, we're going to have an Internet that looks more like China's Internet. Now, you say it's easy to move things off, uh, you know, to, to move it off the the continent, and that's easy enough to do. But what China does is they have a filtering system that keeps you from seeing certain things that are off of the uh, continent. Mm-hmm. And I've seen uh, regulation. I saw, I think it was Drudge the other night, there was a story about how some uh, politician is trying to pass legislation to uh, make it illegal to be anonymous on the Internet. So yeah, I saw that taken today. Away. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's starting now. The control is coming. And the way they'll enforce it is actually pretty easy. The, the way the government always enforces things is they push it off on somebody else. To well, do through it. the business owners. So, That's how they yeah, do it. The, I, the ISPs will be required to keep all the logs and make sure that they know who you are and right. where you're posting and all that stuff. And the cost is going to be amazing because you have to store all that. In order for you to know who posted what, to be able to store it. And it's going to take so much storage that... It's going to break most of the ISPs. The cost of the Internet's going to rise. You know, your, your $60 cable Internet access is going to go to 120 mm. And, I mean, this is what we've got coming. And uh, we didn't pay close. We, we weren't diligent enough. I, I think sometimes the American people deserve what they're getting because they just don't care. 
Well, they do say that you get the government you deserve, and I hope you're wrong this time, Gene. Thank you for the call tonight, 1-800-259-9231. But all indicators do show that he's probably right. I mean, that seems the direction they want to take things. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the politicians hate the idea that there, there would be unfettered access to all kinds of information out there um, on the Internet. And I, I can see that they, they're going to try to do something about it. And it's going to be cloaked in the, uh, uh, you know, name of terrorism. My God, terrorists could be out there posting on the Internet, uh, you know, communicating with each other, uh, planning our imminent demise, people. We have to crack down. And yeah, they won't tell you to cost but more. The, the government's very slow at everything, so I think That's that true. works to our advantage because technology moves a lot faster than any state can really move. Yeah, but at this point, they've known for quite some time. I mean, Ian's been saying on the show, I think since, certainly since we've been syndicated in 2004, maybe since the, the show started in 2002, that the Internet's going to change everything for liberty. And at some point, a politician, um, you know, maybe through the show or maybe um, in some other way, they figured it out, too. So I think that they've already started, and it can take them a few years to do things, but I think they could do They well. definitely feel the heat. Yeah, but by the time they get the systems in place, who knows if what the system they were planning is even going to be relevant anymore, depending well, on how you change the way data is shared. And That's true, but if you if you target the, the hubs, if you target the Internet service providers, they're going to bend and break. Uh, I mean, it won't take a lot of effort for the government to scare these guys. I mean, they're, the people... I mean, I don't want to make it sound like the Internet guys, the uh, the techies out there are anti-freedom. They're very freedom-oriented. They, they're probably going to do whatever they can to fight this and, and work against it. But at the same time, business owners don't want to lose their business. And we no. all know that the government's very good at leveraging against business owners to get them to follow whatever new absurd rules they want to implement. So I wish that if more business owners were disobedient and just said, no, nah, that's okay, we, we're not going to put those controls on for our, our users, then then it might work. Then the we Internet's might be able to... the only place that would do something like that. Yeah. But... It, it it doesn't it it doesn't seem likely to me. Well, if you're talking about getting rid of the anonymity of the internet, to some extent they can already track you if they really want to. But I think they're going to have trouble putting a filter system in place and getting that past the American people. This, there is still a certain level of freedom that the American people expect, and I don't think the government saying we're going to put a filtration system in place to edit your news is really going to fly in the United States anytime soon. I don't see how you can make the ta- case for terrorism, um, you know, protections from terrorism being justification to filter what all Americans see online. I can't see how you could make the case that uh, Americans would stand in line like cattle and uh, allow the TSA to go through their bags every time they want to take a trip somewhere. Mm. But, in fact, we do. And well, you we, already had airport security beforehand, though. You're talking about imposing the government on something where it hasn't really been at all in the past. Well, they did pass the Homegrown Terrorism Act a few months ago, I guess, or late 2007, which sort of initially targeted the Internet as a place where these homegrown terrorists, as they called them, are cultivated. And so all they really need to do is find some so-called terrorist, somebody they'll label as a terrorist, and find his blog posts or something like that and say, see, see, they're planning terrorist attacks on the Internet. This is why we need control. We can't just allow free speech on this Internet thing anymore. And then, of course, the American people will be scared and frightened of the evil terrorist threat, and they'll say, please, government, take my Internet freedom as long as I can be safe from terror. I don't know. I just, and, and, and I don't as th- they get more power... It's it's easier for them to use it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, don't think China but, does a terribly good job. I mean, they might be able to keep most the general public from getting access to the real internet, 
but I, I'm not sure. If you had a satellite connection, would you be able to get online with a foreign internet service provider? Likely. Via satellite link? Maybe. I have no idea how all that works. Because there's always going to be workarounds. I mean, even in China, there are underground cafes that have somehow transversed the, uh, the the filters, and you can get unfiltered access in China if you know where to go and you know the right people. So it is possible to work around these things. It's just your average American isn't going to be able to or have the have the desire to. But to to uh, back up what you said, Nick. Here's a story out of uh, Australia. The Rudd government has branded as a failure the $85 million software filter scheme to protect young Australians from online pornography and will review its future. The communications ministers assessing the Net Alert program, which will come under scrutiny at the Senate estimates hearing soon. The uh, filter scheme was a central feature of the Howard government's $189 million Net Alert program launched last August to address the perceived threat of online sexual predators and unsavory content to young Internet users. So it's probably going to be one or the other or maybe both. Uh, you know, the idea that there's these sexual predators out there, so we need to keep kids safe, mm. and the idea that there are these homegrown terrorists out there, so we need to protect everybody from running across bomb building instructions. We'll look in a little more uh, as to what happened in Australia and why their system's failing, because it is an indicator of what might happen here. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. It's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. And I believe it's on just about everything. New items, used items. Occasionally I'll get an email in, as I did uh, last night, from somebody wanting to know if the item they're purchasing is included. Odds are good, yes. Uh, in this case, somebody emailed asking if they if they purchase MP3 downloads from Amazon, which they just offer so much stuff. I don't even know what they offer. There's so much on Amazon. Uh, so I went and I checked because I can't see exactly what you order, but I can see what everyone orders all in the same list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went and looked, and sure enough, if you purchase an MP3 download from Amazon... We'll get a percentage of that. In fact, it's a pretty good percentage. Uh, it's a flat fee of, I think, like 10% on the MP3 downloads. So. About as good as we get from them. And he said the reason why, and I don't have the email in front of me right now, but he said the reason why he switched to Amazon, he used to use iTunes, mm-hmm. but apparently there's some digital rights management that goes on with iTunes, like they lock down the downloads that you get in some way. Uh, don't ask me. I never bought anything through iTunes, so I certainly sure shouldn't ask me. Right, uh, but they apparently lock down your downloads with this digital rights management stuff. And from what I, from what I understand, Amazon doesn't have that problem. So you get, I guess, better downloads from Amazon service, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage. So if you're looking for MP3s or you want to buy a CD and have it physically delivered to you, we'll get a percentage on all of it. Uh, once again, that's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. That's where you want to start your shopping. Now, we were talking about the failure of the Australian government's $85 million software filter scheme. They were looking to protect young people from online pornography, and now they're reviewing its future. Uh, Apparently, it was actually part of a $189 million net alert program that was launched last August to address the perceived threat of online sexual predators and unsavory content to young Internet users. 
A multi-million dollar advertising blitz followed, including a booklet delivered to every household across the nation. It was expected 2.5 million households would take up the free porn-blocking filters within 12 months, but only 144,000 filter products have been downloaded or ordered on CD-ROM since August of last year. So they were a little under expectations there by a significant percentage. The Department of Broadband Communications and the Digital Economy has oh, estimated about 29,000 of these accessed filter products were still being used, less than 2% of the target they had set. The program has clearly failed, despite over $15 million being spent in advertising to support it. By the way, it's all taxpayer dollars they're spending. Labor has always said that the PC filtering is not a standalone solution to protecting children from online dangers. The government has a comprehensive cyber safety plan that includes the implementation of mandatory ISP-based filtering to deliver a filtered feed to all homes, schools, and public Internet points. Now, the last time we talked about this program, they were talking about making it so everyone by default gets the filtered Internet mm-hmm. and that you'd have to contact your Internet service provider and say, I would like the unfiltered Internet in order to actually get access to it. So it seems to me that that's the foot in the door for the government, that they are already beginning the process of regulating at the Internet service provider level, but they aren't making it mandatory for everybody to be under their thumb at this point. They're just getting the ISPs to uh, to comply with their demands, and then at any time they want to, I mean, once the ISPs are complying with their first set of demands, any old time they want to, they can just come down with a new set of rules. So, pretty disturbing. But the, uh, the filtering uh, software that they were, de- uh, I guess, delivering to the households was not as successful as they'd expected it to be. The Australian Communications and Media Authority would examine all aspects of ISP-level filtering with a laboratory trial completed by the end of June this year, followed by a pilot test in a real-world environment. 16-year-old Tom Wood, a.k.a. the porn cracker, who shot the national prominence when he showed that the new NetAlert filters could be bypa- uh, bypassed by any savvy teenager in a matter of minutes, said the scheme had been a waste of time and money. The schoolboy said, although these are amongst the best PC-based filters available it didn't take long for teens to work out how to bypass them and uh, you know uh, the thing is is you're trying to regulate um you're trying to get adults on the internet to regulate kids on the internet and the kids are far more savvy than the adults are so it's it's very (laughs) difficult they're fighting a losing battle here but that won't stop them from trying and again the isps will roll over and the the hackers seem to be just excellent at this stuff. I mean, when you look at Microsoft, the biggest computer company in the world and one of the biggest companies the world has ever seen, they can't their their software is cracked before they release it. It's true. Although amongst uh, these are amongst the best PC-based filters, we bypass them. Opposition communications spokesman said the government was rushing to criticize the NetAlert program to set the scene for a harebrained, half-baked policy dreamt up in the lead-up to an election. NetAlert's a program which is relatively new, as is the minister to his role, and I'm sure he would like a little more than six months or so before the public decide if he's been a failure or not. Proper supervision should be front and center of any efforts to protect children from inappropriate material on the Internet. I agree with that. that. We had that beforehand, and it was free. We didn't have to spend billions of dollars in order to get this crap that doesn't do anything. Supported by additional tools such as content filters, not some mandatory and ill-conceived clean feed measure by a government that believes only it has the authority to decide what's appropriate or inappropriate content for computer users. And, of course, I agree with that sentiment. Uh, It should be up to parents 
if the parents, the set of parents doesn't care enough to filter their children's Internet feed, then it should not be any of anyone else's business. Each parent should be able to decide this for, them, for themselves and for their children. But government is never satisfied with that. Government is never satisfied just allowing you to live life how you want to live it. Right. There's some make always bad decisions. Right. There's sure always some moralist in there that uh, that knows best for you and knows what's right for your family and is going to enforce it on you as a threat of violence. Or in this case, it's a threat of violence against the internet service provider. That's the direction they're going in. So the, well, the they're, filtering... using, they're, they're using uh, government money to do it too, and that's violence, threat of violence. What's interesting about this story is. They offered these filters to every household in Australia. A brochure went out to every household. That wasn't cheap. Saying, uh, here, look at this new filtering software. You can get it. Just tell us you want it, and we'll send it to you. And only 144,000 people gave it a try. Of those 144,000, only 29,000 are still using the product. (laughs) So... It was just a tremendous failure. So despite the fact that Australians, the people that they were targeting, actively rejected this program, actively rejected this idea, they, by their non-response, they told the government, we don't want this. Mm-hmm. Leave us alone. We're fine with our Internet as it is. How, how does the government see that? Oh, this is a failure. We're going to have to go to the ISP level and have them crack down. So the fact that people don't want it, very clearly don't want it, has simply spurred the government on to do more. Mm. These guys will not stop until they control every and micromanage every single aspect of your personal life and your business. And, and, and your pocketbook. I mean, everybody's, we've got to pay for this. Um, the, the Australians, in this case, have to pay for it. But you know that the United States could just as easily come up with this cockamamie plan. Mm. And, um, and likely they will, especially if Australia has any kind of success with it. You know, you've got to pay for it, so they they hire more bureaucrats. It's just, I don't know. I mean, it's ludicrous. Absolutely. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Uh, so look for more of this, because this is only the very beginning of government's efforts to control things online. I mean, China has been successful with it. Australia is moving in that direction, and you've got politicians here in america that are throwing out the idea well i think that i think i don't think china is the perfect example simply because of uh you know they, they don't make as much money as we do and therefore can't exp- spend as much money on internet and that kind of thing so a lot of people Internet's aren't huge in china huge I, I just i'm thinking that there's not as many people who have the uh, disposable time and uh, the ability to crack and all that stuff as if we they're do. if they're in a if they're living on a farm yeah they probably don't have internet access but the people in the urban centers of china as i understand it are incredibly uh connected okay they i mean can you imagine you get access to all this information that uh, you've never seen before i mean this is something that's just revolutionary over I'd there i'd rather have internet than here. television i can tell you that so yes yeah. i can see the people would uh, you know would want it it's caught on like i think there are more i this is i'm pulling this one out from my memory it may be incorrect but i believe there are more people using the internet in china than there are here uh, I thought the numbers were appro- I thought they were approaching our numbers total. Really, yeah, I thought it, it was pretty close they're to getting what up I there. heard. But yeah, they're getting they pretty much tie us for. I bet if you look at the urban online. centers, I bet if you look in the urban centers, it might be higher numbers. Like if you exclude the uh, the, the the rural areas. Oh yeah, and all the people there. Yeah. Well, what about our rural areas? Can we exclude them too? 
I don't know. And then show our numbers. 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. Hour number two is on the way. As always, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Still to come, how to translate uh, the, the speech of bureaucrats. What is it that they mean when they say the things they say? We'll get to that. Take your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you, as always, can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Also, you can join Nick over on his website, which is freemindstv.com. He is normally a anchorman. On Free Minds TV, which is a wonderful liberty-oriented program originating from our very own Keene, New Hampshire, but but uh, enjoyed and watched worldwide uh, via YouTube. So you can see those episodes, and you can download the new Free Minds TV podcast, which isn't really TV. I don't know what you go. Wait, have you come up with a name for that yet? Free Minds TV AudioCast. We Free- weren't very original. We're, we've been debating that, but that's what it is for right now. You've got a brand built behind Free Minds TV, and I wouldn't change. How about Free Minds Radio? It didn't sound very good. No? Okay. No, and it's free. I mean, people want... It tells them that that's who we are. We're the Free Minds TV people, but we're doing an audio cast. So, in the world of podcasting, it's it probably works. okay. I wouldn't do a radio show that way, but... So, it is now available for you as well at uh, freemindstv.com? Yep. Right. They're right there on the front page. Very cool. More for our listeners to consume. All right, 800-259-9231. That's a once-a-week thing, too, right? So, it's not like a... A whole bunch of audio. No, it's usually half hour. Well, we've only done two so far, but it's half an hour, an hour um, on Sundays generally is when they get put up. So I hope you guys will get into some more uh, listener emails because you haven't had a chance to read very many of those on your TV shows recently. So Things maybe, have gotten busy. Yeah, maybe the radio show or the audio cast would be a good opportunity. Good to suggestion, those. actually. Because those are fun. I mean, interacting with uh, the listeners, always very interesting. 800-259-9231. All right, so let's talk about... Leviathan speak, as it is called, at lurockwell.com. A.D. Lalong writes, Yesterday, and this is a couple days old, but a few days ago at 3.45 in the morning, some juvenile-minded idiot on a bicycle planted, uh, placed a military surplus ammo box containing a small explosive device in front of the Armed Services Recruiting Office at 43rd Street in Times Square. Mm-hmm. This exploded, causing the glass door to the office to break. There was no other damage except to the door, and no one was hurt, but the noise was loud enough to get people's attention. One British tourist described it as a loud bang. The response by the government was predictably extreme. Immediately, officials closed Times Square to all traffic, vehicular and pedestrian. They also shut down all subway access to the Times Square subway station, a major hub station serving some 16 subway lines. This shutdown lasted. I can only imagine how many millions of people pass through that station every day. Right. The shutdown lasted some three hours, precisely at the height of morning rush hour, affecting hundreds of thousands of commuters. Oh, I bet more. The government wasted no time to exploit this event and explain their overreaction. At 9.20 in the morning, Mayor Michael Bloomberg staged a demonstration of state power and competence. He had a press conference and brought out all the high brass. New York Police Department Commissioner Raymond Kelly and a phalanx of bureaucrats from the uh, the governor's office, the FBI, and Homeland Security. This last item for you Germans out there translates roughly into Geheimstaatspolizei. 
Now, first let me disclaim strenuously the act of this moron. Even if he were motivated by an anti-war sentiment, with which I agree, his actions are unacceptable and counterproductive to the cause of anti-violence. Using violence, even an innocuous homemade device no more powerful than a cherry bomb or M80 firecracker, endorses violence in order to make the political statement that the U.S. government is wrong to use military violence. This is a moral contradiction. In addition, I might also point out that the reaction of the police to this very small, almost insignificant violent act, in that no one was harmed in the process, yeah. really goes to show you exactly what would happen if someone actually did get hurt, if you did use violence against the state. Right. This and, is what happens. And you can see the reaction. The reaction makes little sense. Now, I, I understand why they're going to do it, but it makes little sense. No terrorist is ever going to place a firecracker or, you know, uh, some bomb slightly larger than a firecracker out there before his real bomb goes off. No. No. It's like a warning. Uh, and why would they do that? On a technical point, I do have to disagree that if... If you have an explosion large enough to take out an ammo can, and trust me, I know, um, it's, it's going to be, lo- it is probably going to be large enough to potentially kill somebody. If it can, those ammo cans are pretty rugged. I knew so, I shouldn't have used the term so firecracker. You're probably, it's not very big. Not, no, it's not. It, you're it probably, was done at 3.45 in the morning. There was no one around. Right. Anyway. You're looking at something that could have potentially ma- hurt somebody, killed them maybe. Imagine the response had it actually hurt someone. Imagine how the government would have cracked down perhaps even yeah. harder. If somebody had come along and sat on the bomb and then it actually killed them. But aside from you know pointing out that violence always begets more violence on the part of the state, that violence always results in an even further crackdown of the police state, this is a perfect example of that. Besides that, we should look at what Mayor Bloomberg had to say. He goes on, though. Uh, he says, I denounce this as I denounce other stupid demonstrations such as silly bumper stickers, retarded rhyming chants, and moronic, pla- uh, moronic placards. These techniques don't educate, nor do they persuade people toward the protesters' cause. Most likely, they alienate potential converts. These methods are no substitution for rational argument. However, given the poor state of learning and intellectual discourse in the United States, I understand the tendency to express oneself using mindless gimmicks. Therefore, in the spirit of the times, the zeitgeist for you Germans, I offer my own little nonviolent gimmick. I offer to translate Mayor Bloomberg's press conference for the untutored. I offer to turn Leviathan speak into ordinary English. So we will start with the actual quote from Mary, uh, Mayor Bloomberg's speech, and then we'll go to the translation. At approximately 3.45 this morning, there was a small explosion outside the military recruiting station here in Times Square, the crossroads of the world. Translation? Some crank or college student who opposes the U.S. government squandering trillions of dollars on war, causing anti-U.S. hatred abroad and economic ruin within, used some black powder or other commercially sold chemicals or some fireworks to break the window of a high-profile military showcase installation in Times Square. Note, the use of the term crossroads of the world is Gotham speak for Times Square. This must be explained etymologically. Entomologically, Americans are a provincial people ignorant of the outside world. Its principal city is especially provincial. People by fauna who barely recognize the visible world outside their uh, their tiny archipelago, save Hollywood, Connecticut, Washington, D.C., or possibly Paris or London. Therefore, they regard their largest city intersection as being the crossroads of the world, (laughs) much like Easter Islanders regard themselves as being the navel of the world. Back to Mayor Bloomberg. The fact that this appears deliberately directed at the recruiting station insults every one of our brave men and women in uniform stationed around the world to fighting defend our freedoms that we hold so dear. Translation. The men and women of our military have been euchred by their government. 
And, if they knew the truth, they would be insulted. In order to prop up our post-1971 fiat dollar as a global reserve currency and to further our massive debt-ridden false prosperity, we must enforce the sale of petroleum in U.S. dollars. Therefore, we must maintain by force U.S. global hegemony, especially in the Persian Gulf and Caspian Sea regions. But this does not sound as good as defending our freedoms from terrorists. The fact that others in the world are justified in hating our projection of force and hate our government might have a negative propaganda effect on the overworked young men and women of our armed forces in the over 800 military bases worldwide who brought into the freedom and liberty dogma and are starting to question it. Mayor Bloomberg said, I want to direct this to those who are watching this country and around the world. New York City is back and open for business. Traffic is flowing through Times Square. The subways and trains are running again. Translation. To those who live in countries where real terrorist bombs explode, killing scores of people, we in New York have survived an M-80 attack and have fixed the glass door. We are not afraid. The subways, buses, and traffic that were never impacted by the minor blast are now running again after a lengthy delay because the government has decided that commerce may continue without obstruction. Bloomberg said, Whoever the coward was that committed this disgraceful act on our city will be found and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Translation? We'll use all of our vast power to get this lousy, stinking SOB for revealing the mighty American state to be a paper tiger, scared of lone guys on bicycles with small explosives. We don't want the American people to guess that the state can't protect them against real terrorists with real explosives. And finally, Mayor Bloomberg said... You know, and that's a, that's a good point in um, that, you know, the, the, we have this huge apparatus we put in place billions of dollars to uh, stop terrorism mm-hmm. and they can't catch a bicycle a guy on a bicycle with a uh, you know a, a box of black powder in new york city the biggest government on the face of this in the face of this country and with the cameras ob- everywhere the obvious place where um, you know the, the attacks occurred previously at a government installation in this case it was a military recruiting facility i mean it should be the highest of security around there Another quote from Bloomberg in the uh, final translation. Also taking your calls as well. Charles and Paula on the line. The amp line as well is lit up. We'll talk to you about anything. This is your show. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days? without permanently changing your diet. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended cleanse. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 800-259-9231. A little bit more translation of bureaucrat speak. This from LouRockwell.com's A.D. LeLong. Uh, Again, a few days ago, as you may recall from the news coverage, that uh, a, a bomb went off. In Times Square, they shut down everything for about three hours, inconveniencing untold hundreds of thousands of commuters. And then later on, Mayor Bloomberg gave a self, you know, one of those speeches that politicians love to give where they puff themselves up. It's so wonderful and so great and uh, try to smooth everything over. 
And uh, so we're translating what he actually said in his speech. Uh, the final line is, We will not tolerate such attacks, nor will we let them destroy our freedom to live safely in the greatest city in the world. Translation? This is the greatest city in the world because we live here, and New Yorkers are better than other Americans. The fact that you think your country is better or your people freer, or that your city has cleaner streets, better transportation, more polite people, is irrelevant. In order to keep our illusion of moral, intellectual, and economic superiority, we must have cops armed with stun guns and automatic weapons. We must have spot checks. We must search our citizens with dogs if necessary. We do this... Because we believe in liberty and freedom. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> when we were in New York, we saw guys with uh, some machine guns slung over their shoulders. Yep. That doesn't look like the bastion of liberty and freedom to me. Guys in helmets with dark glasses and, uh, you know, vests on them and with uh, submachine guns hung over. I mean, they look like military guys. Right. And they, yes, we did see that. And now they're in more places because we were there last year. We're going to see it again this year when we go to uh, the talk radio uh, convention over the summertime, mm-hmm. uh, but now they're in the subways. They're roaming around with dogs, team, uh, teams of six cops, just roaming around, sniffing out people and searching them, and and again, just violating people's rights. Well, mostly, all over the place. mostly they're standing around. Probably true. Probably true. So, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The scary part about the hearing the rhetoric about freedom and liberty is, I was reading Road to Serfdom over the last week. Um, and it, that, it really documents a lot of what happened in Nazi Germany and Russia and fascist Italy in the years leading up to it. And um, one of the major things that happens when you start to have a very intrusive state is that they start to change words around, the actual meaning. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll take liberty and talk about a new meaning for liberty, so a new freedom, which is basically means the freedom for the government to control and plan whatever they want. Or the liberty from being blown up by terrorist attack or something yeah. like that. Right, but it's, it's not an actual... They start changing the terms very subtly, mm-hmm. and before you know it, you're having a conversation with somebody, and the words don't mean the same thing to both of you. Right. The, Great the people who drink the Kool-Aid, are, when they say they're talking about freedom, they're talking about the opposite of freedom. 1-800-259-9231. We need to combat that, and that's part of what we're doing here on this show. Let's take your phone calls about anything. Go to Charles in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Charles. Charles, Michigan, going once. Charles, yep, hello. right here. There hello. He What's on Charles. your mind? Um, got a few questions about the U.S. dollar sure. and its downtrend. Yes, go ahead. Um, my first question would be student loans. I'm in debt probably upwards of 40000 What am I looking at as far as um, interest rates at this point? Well, uh, I don't know about all of them. Am I in big trouble? I think I think actually uh, when you're talking about a fixed rate loan like a student loan, you're not in trouble at all. You would want to take as much debt out as possible, assuming you thought that the dollar was going to crash at a fixed rate. Um, I don't Is it like... a fixed rate loan? Yeah. Yeah, and usually they're pretty low, two or three percent um, for student loans because mm-hmm. they're backed up by the government, and you know the banks take them under those terms, and therefore you'd be you know you'd be under those terms uh, at all times. The disadvantage is you can never uh, declare bankruptcy and get rid of a student loan, but at two or three percent, it's almost less than inflation. Um, so well, it could be significantly less than inflation if the dollar continues to drop at the rate it's been dropping. So if you have a fixed rate of interest, whether it's on your house or your student loans. Um, inflation can be your friend. It yeah. really is. That's that's one of the reasons that the uh, that the Federal Reserve devalues the currency is that it benefits um, people who 
um, have debts, uh, mortgage companies, insurance companies, uh, a lot of industries uh, simply buy things that take money out to buy things at a, a low rate of interest, and the inflation can actually outpace that. So they just trade off on capital gains. And so you're probably looking at the inflation helping you pay it off or at least canceling out your interest rate. Any other questions, Charles? Nope. Uh, that was my main concern is that, um, you know, I graduate, get a degree, get a job, and then uh, I'm working to pay off this debt when I'm making a quarter on a dollar. Yeah, my best advice to you, well, you're, you're, you're probably going to make a lot. You know, the numbers of what you're going to make is, is going to be more simply because they have to keep up with inflation to some extent or another. The best advice as far as getting a, an, an education is get something you can use uh, instead of, you know, some degree in like the French horn or something. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, dude. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Doug in Minneapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Doug. Hey, guys. Hey, Long look- time no talk. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Well, I wanted to give you the update on my, my marriage. I, I was mentioning how I was getting married with no license, no government license. Ah, a real marriage. Excellent, sir. Yes, so we got a certificate. We found a, a, uh, a minister who would, would marry us, mm-hmm. and she didn't know why we didn't want a license, but we <laughs> told her no, and there you go. Um, she was all right with it. That's cool. Yep. Um, so after the marriage, you know, we had a certificate. We... It was all pretty cool. And then my wife freaked out. Uh-oh. Really? Yeah. You know, it's funny. She understands the arguments. She un- and she's a defiant person against the state. Cops freak her out. She doesn't like controls. Mm-hmm. But yet we are flying on our honeymoon, and they, they say if you get married, you should bring your marriage license with you to prove that you're husband and wife. And if you don't, then blah, 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 blah. So as we're going down there... But wait a minute, who I do you said, need to prove it to? I'm sorry, I don't understand The, the Mexican um, bureaucrats. What do they need to know if you're married? Well, because if you're married, they have certain laws that, you know, benefit married, legally, you know, state-married people. And if there's an accident or a kidnapping or whatever, they need proof of that marriage, huh. you know? Hmm. It's, it was, so I said to her, and if you, if you lie about it, and you say you're married, but you can't produce documents, which we were told to do by our travel agent, before we go, make sure you bring these documents just mm-hmm. in case, you know, then that's another kind of trouble you can get into. And well, so, Hold on, before you, before you go on, um, yeah. what about people that have been married quite some time? I mean, I can see why honeymooners might, you might be able to convince them to bring their marriage certificate on their trip, because they'd have it handy. I have no idea where my marriage certificate is. I, I, I don't know if, if I have one, and um, it certainly doesn't, in, in, to my mind, make me married. And if I went to Mexico, there's no way in the world that I would bring, think to bring this thing with me. And uh, what would happen to me? I want to get back uh, to this. Hang on, Doug. We'll yeah. bring it back. 800-259-9231. I don't understand the reason you'd want to tell any bureaucrats you were married in the first place. I still yet to understand that part. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Jeremy, Ziggy, all your calls. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231, SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. 
and Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features include archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, go and get them right there on the front page of the website. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee. You just click and download. They're free. freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10 bucks. That's LegalZoom.com. We go back to Doug in Minneapolis. Doug, you uh, you went and got yourself married recently, but without going through the government approval process. You just found a uh, some religious priest of some sort who was willing to marry you without the government certificate. And, that is uh, correct. And do you like the idea up until you went down to Mexico when your wife, uh, at that point, freaked out because they wanted some documentation from the state to prove you were married? Uh, which, again, can you run by the reason why you'd want to prove to them you were married in the first place? I didn't quite understand that. Well, I don't understand it either, but apparently, you know, with the new passport rules, the travel agency suggested that it's a good idea to be able to prove that you are legally husband and wife her passport has her original last name. Mine has a different last name. So they had no way of knowing that we were married, and should there be an accident or whatever the case is, and I want to, you know, say it's sort of the same thing in America here where I want to visit my wife in the hospital. Um, you know, we have certain rights, and they're, of course, government-recognized rights, not natural rights, so you've got to prove that you have yeah. a... Before you go on, marriage. I've visited quite a few people in the hospital, and, and I've never been married to any of them, and uh, yeah. I've, I've been reasonably in successful. Uh, not in Mexico, but do you think that hospitals in Mexico want to keep you from <laughs> visiting people? See, this is, the, this is one of those, I believe, phantom arguments uh, for the marriage certificate that yeah. is just a bunch of bull. Uh, you know, it may maybe in well. an extreme circumstance they don't want to let you in, and then, the, you know, but... Right. Why don't you put something in your wallet that says, you know, here's who you contact in the event of an emergency? I mean, wouldn't that cover the issue? To me, that would be fine. Um, unfortunately, you know, my wife's a little more emotional than that, and she loves mm. the, the intellectual argument on why this makes sense. But to but what the, our solution going down there on the plane was to say, okay, tell you what, fill out this form. It says, are you traveling with family members? And I just say, no, we're roommates. And we're friends. We're going to on vacation. She was yeah. no. I want to be able to say that I'm your wife. And oh, it but that's so, so much a, to her. Oh, gosh, that's so unnecessary. Tell, I know, but to tell two bureaucrats, you know, that we'll see in customs, it meant that much. If asked to say this is my husband and here's the proof of it, and <laughs> you know, she knows later now the arguments why that was silly and everything else. But still, you know, it's it's tough to argue against that. Yeah, um, yeah. When you're married. I, so, but you were successful. She was not able to convince you to go and actually get a marriage certificate as a result of this. We still do not have a certificate. That's However, good. I have a new job now, mm-hmm. and you know, insurance. It's, it's, the, it's the whole benefit thing. Exactly yep. right. It's the insurance thing. Um, so that's how I, I was I was uh, you know I was convinced that this was the way to go. Free insurance yep. for a couple of months while my wife remained. Ah, uh, uh, the thirty the, pieces of silver. Right. Exactly. And you know. My, my only hope here is that she gets a job soon, she's interviewing, that provides benefits also so that we can remain this way because she understands the arguments. She hates the idea of having state-approved uh, permission to be married. However, she has admitted, and you know, I, I, kudos to her for recognizing her own thought process and emotions here where she says, I want 
the permission. I want to be held safe by daddy government. I know that's wrong. I know mm. it's weird, but I, you know, she's talked to Sharon Harris in person, in fact, and, and loves her and everything. But it's like same con- concept here. It's the, I want to be held safe. I want, yes, they will protect me. And it's so sad. To, wow. It's even well, congratulations to you for uh, for overcoming that. And, and here's what I don't understand. Maybe Mark, you can explain this, or Doug. Um, when you when you have a job and they're offering you health insurance, they really don't charge you any extra to insure your spouse. Oh, they do. And some well, in do. my job, another... it, in my in Laura's job, it didn't. Um, oh, okay. She worked she worked for the government. Oh well, okay. Real jobs is what I'm talking about. So in a real yeah, job, real they would job, charge you more, uh, so you could just have her buy her own another, insurance. Uh, you know, it cost me another premium to to charge to get her on the on the on our insurance together. All right. So instead of that, she just buys her own insurance, or like you said, finds a job that that offers that, and problem solved. Yes, if she can get a job like that, that's that's a possibility. So we shall see, and then it's a matter of whose ins- insurance is better, and does it make financial sense? And, I'm on your side there, and she's willing to hold out a while longer. She's Good covered girl. right now under my insurance, but I understand my insurance company will say, where's your marriage license in a number of months? Yeah, at some point they're going to say that. Yep. And I wonder if I'm liable for all the back, you know, uh, services. What do they say? You know, point. there's a certain amount of people out there that don't have marriage licenses. You know, say you've been married 50 years. Let's, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And you got married, oh, I don't know, let's call it rural West Virginia. Maybe yeah. they didn't give marriage certificates from the government at that point, and you were just married, uh, you know, in, in, written in your Bible. Hmm. At some point, this was the case. Now, I'm not saying that I know, you know, that every state gives marriage certificates. I don't. But uh, let's say that you didn't bother to get one back then because it just wasn't all-encompassing or, or anything like that. C- can an insurance company tell you, you're not married? You may have been living together and having kids for 40 years, but you're not married. I have no well, what idea. It, what it comes down, it's it's the um, gay marriage argument because if if I as a heterosexual can get life insurance or, or health insurance and I can quote unquote you know make my insurance company do this for me, then 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 they have to be able to also. I see. Hey, yep. I've got another so question for you, Doug. When yeah. you were yeah. going through the process of preparing for the marriage and inevitably inviting a bunch of family members, uh, did it come up? About the the you know, you not getting a license, what was the response of many of the family members? Um, you know, most of them are that's crazy. Why are you doing it this way? I mean, not crazy, but they all understand my perspective, and many of them agree with it. Hmm. I mean, some of my politics, but when it comes to this, you know, it's just not worth it's it. Too much. It's just not worth it. Yeah, I I I have uh, the mother-in-law is staying with me right now, yeah. and and you know she likes a lot of my arguments, especially the ones that uh, mention hating Bush, but <laughs> a, a great deal of them just just don't sit very well with her, and uh, it, when it affects your life in a practical manner. Yeah, really, uh, bothers her. You know, it it just isn't worth it to me though to ask some government bureaucrat permission. To, to love somebody, and that's essentially what a marriage certificate is. I don't care what all the perks are and the benefits are and the, the reasons to have one of these certificates. I'm not going to ask permission. I refuse to do it, and you should be congratulated and your wife as well for staying strong. Doug, thank you for the call tonight and the update. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Continuing, we go to the amp line, Ziggy in the U.K. You're on Free Talk. Hi, guys. Um, right, the government have announced proposals uh, to bring in a Pledge of Allegiance for teenagers to take Uh-oh. at the age of 18 here. Hmm. Um, they already have one for uh, immigrants uh, who, right. become, who want to become British citizens. And, well, I, if I remember rightly, 
wasn't the guy who devised the U.S. Um, Pledge of Allegiance a Nazi? Yes, National, National Socialist, Socialist Francis right. Bellamy. Yeah, I, th- I thought so. Um, and more, uh, you know, my biggest objection to this is they're not going to pledge allegiance to the Union Jack. They've got to pledge allegiance to the Queen. <laughs> and some of us are actually Republicans in the real sense, not GOP Republican. And right. Republican. As Believe in, in republics. We want a mer- we want a meritocracy. We don't want hereditary power. Right. That's interesting. So, do you have the proposed actual text, or are they just throwing the idea out at this point? They're throwing the idea out at this point, but I've already heard that in Scotland, which is kind of a bastion of republicanism, they are saying, no way, we don't want this. Well, that's good. So there is hope that this will not happen. So in Scotland, they would uh, pledge to the Union Jack also? Uh, they, yeah, they would have to. And Scotland are very independently minded. Right, they have their own little I mean, flag they have already stuff. a parliament of their own. Mm. Um, and they have always, you know, I know that you'll probably get your your impression of of, of Scots through Braveheart, but um, <laughs> it, it's calmed down since then. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> it's been eight hundred years or so. <laughs> hey, Ziggy, let us know what happens with this because it seems like they're probably going to push this through. I mean, who could say no? To pledging your allegiance to the government, at least these days, with all the terrorists, uh, the terrorists out there, got to make sure everyone's aligned with uh, the, the the state. Thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The Sakel CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Privacy questions about that on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. The feature's there. We give away, and if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at the Free Talk Live store and get yourself all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like Free Talk Live t-shirts, hats, and hoodies. We've got other things like the Free Talk Live bottle opener slash lighter combo. Uh, as well as the DVD Classic Archive Collector Sets, head over to store.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done. That's store.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Uh, going to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hello. Hey, fellas. Hey. Glad to talk to you again. Sorry, I called John Hannity a hooker yesterday. <laughs> oh, I was, I was funny. Not a problem. Don't apologize. What else is on your mind? <laughs> hey, but anyway... You know, I want to talk about that movie, The King of New York, and and if anybody ever doubts that this country would bomb their own country, I mean, all you got to do is watch that movie, and it shows everything. I'm not familiar that. with it. What is, uh, what's it about? I thought it was a gangster movie. Well, not really. I mean, it kind of was. It was about Irish neighborhood and Hell's Kitchen and about the way they were sick of all the people trying to run their lives and make them live off rotten pig meat and everything. And, wow. I mean, Hell's Kitchen's there today, and there's people in New York maybe listening, I hope, that would call in and say that what I'm saying is true. I mean... Yeah, I don't really know what you're saying. I think the, de- the denizens of uh, Clinton probably don't know much about uh, how things were 50 years ago and in the uh, same uh, buildings that they lived in. Well, it was actually in 1870. Even longer. 71 to when it happened. Mm. 
The U.S. Navy bombed Hell's Kitchen, New York. Really? Yeah. Well, Jeremy, thank you for the call tonight. As always, 800-259-9231. I had no idea I think he, well, if the movie's depiction was correct, and I believe it was based in historical fact, there was, there were, I'm not sure if it was 1870. I thought it was right towards uh, the end of the Civil War when they were uh, introducing conscription, uh, and they were, at least that's how it was portrayed in the movie, and there were riots in New York where the Irish refused, they were right off the boat, and they were trying to conscript them into the Union Army. Mm -hmm. Um, and there were riots, and th- I believe they did call in the militia th- and the navy. To yeah, I guess I did hear down. that. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean they'll just they'll put put down. They will put down a riot. Um, I I don't think that the uh, it was it wasn't really a peaceful demonstration, to my knowledge, though it was. And again, they pretty, were trying to conscript them, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, so they were trying to force them into doing something they didn't really want to do. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they fled war in Ireland to come here, and you know the same people got here, and then they were being conscripted into our Civil War. So, 1-800-259-9231. A history lesson from Jeremy. Who would have thought? Uh, you can bring up anything as always. Let's go to the email box. This one from Richard. He says, I was listening to a podcast from a couple weeks ago, and you were saying we only have the right to privacy when it comes to the government, and that these rights don't exist when it comes to personal property. After a few issues with my brother, my dad decided to record all phone calls coming into his house so that he can listen in to my brother's conversations. For the sake of argument, let's say there are no laws against this. Are you saying that because it is my father's house and his phone that he has the right to record all conversations? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Shouldn't he have an obligation to inform callers that the phone calls are being recorded? No, I don't think so. They're calling him. He's yeah. calling them. There's a chance that uh, you should always know whenever you're on the phone with anybody that somebody, whether they be yeah. a family member or a government the person, the whole could be idea that, that um, you, you think that your calls aren't be aren't being recorded by someone somewhere is somewhat Pollyanna-ish and uh, is dangerous for people to even consider. Absolutely agree. And he says, "Are you suggesting that we should have absolutely no expectation of privacy outside our own personal property?" Why would you have that expectation? I mean, you know, I mean, it's your dad's house. It's your dad's phone line. He's mm-hmm. paid for them. So the, if he didn't pay for them, the person wasn't, wouldn't be able to call in the first place. That person is, under, is, you know, tacitly agreeing to use your dad's phone line that he's paid for. Right. And even if, for, first of all, if you make a phone call to somebody, certainly you can remember what was said. The difference between your memory and recording devices is the recording devices are just more accurate. So it's not like what you're saying is not something that could be said to another person. Even if there wasn't a recording device uh, going on, you could recall the phone conversation and then tell whoever you wanted to tell about it. There's nothing illegal about remembering a conversation, right? but it's recording the conversation that is, uh, for some reason, illegal in some of the states in, in America. doesn't make any sense to me, and especially in the case of your brother living there under um, your dad's roof. Not only does your dad pay for his... I don't know what the scenario is that your brother um, lives under, but in, in some scenarios, not only is he paying for the phone line that your your brother's using. Now, if your brother is paying your dad half for that phone line, I think he has some reasonable expectation um, to not be recorded. Well, I think that he could de- negotiate that. He should be able to negotiate yeah. that. Yeah. Or he could also get his own phone line put in. That's true. But your dad's probably paying. He could, be, could very well be paying for his food, his rent, his clothes on his back, all yeah. that other stuff. I mean, <laughs> you live here, you're subject to my rules. And one of those rules is you can be recorded. 
you may not like that from a liberty standpoint. Live somewhere else. Right. Liberty is is about personal responsibility. It's not about being able to do what you want um, entirely. Yes, if your brother's paying for You can do for what his, you want with your property. Right. If your brother's paying for his own rent um, I, I, you know, and paying for his own phone line, absolutely. If anybody's putting a tap on his phone line, that's a, a huge violation. But no, not his dad's phone line. He has a few more questions. He says, here's another example. Say I use cameras in every room of my house, including the bathroom, and I have a camera inside the bathtub. Say I own the house and have a bunch of roommates, and say one of them is stealing my shampoo. If my only objective is catching the thief, is that okay? But what if I just want to watch them shower? Again, your house, your cameras, uh... Your business. Are they renting? I think I think if you're talking about a roommate, they yeah, have a reasonable expectation. If you're talking expect- about a ro- roommate, then they're paying for um, you know, some kind of rent. Yeah. And although I, I think you're looking at an expectation of privacy there that may not be included in a contract. Now, I know that Ian and I will differ on this, and I think that it is wrong to uh, violate someone's reasonable expectation, and that should be brought to, uh, you know, that should be handled in our tort system. Uh, courts should be um, brought into play and and. Yeah, you should have to pay for that. Right. Even if you had an arbitrator, right? If you had, even if you had free market justice, I'm pretty sure, in a situation like that where you're recording somebody and what, arguably where they have an equal share in the property, uh, or they own the property, you're recording someone on their property. You're you've crossed the line there. I think. That, even that's if, my even opinion. if it's not specified in an agreement, like I could see I if you had you an agreement. That, that I think that's you don't have to specify everything. In an no. agreement, there are certain things that are just reasonably assumed. Right. We reasonably assumed that the father would be able to, uh, in his own house, be able to record the son um, on the telephone, right? Mm-hmm. Then if I'm a roommate, it is my own house, I'm paying for it. Then you should be able to reasonably assume that I should be able to record or not be recorded. You know, those are my choices. So you're saying that uh, you come in, you apply to, to live at my house... I've already got all cameras in every single room of the house, and I that uh, that I would have some obligation to tell you about that as a, as a result. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, of it's my house; don't. I can put up whatever cameras I want to. Yeah, well, if yeah. you disclose it, I think you at right. least have to oh, disclose yeah, it. Yeah, you you would have to disclose that. And I think you said you didn't have to disclose. You wouldn't have to disclose it. You absolutely have to disclose that because that's a reasonable assumption of a uh, you know property. We'll call it owner for better term, right. better because um, that's what I am when I'm when I'm a roommate. I'm paying for the use of that house. But and what are the damages expectations there thereof? But, but what what would the damages be? I Punitive mean, if, damages to be settled by an arbiter. I understand that. So let's say that I've got cameras in every single room of my house. You come in and I don't tell you about it, and you come into my bathroom and start stealing my shampoo. I've got uh, evidence of it on tape. And uh, how have you been damaged exactly? Well, like, um, who's going to award you a settlement on that? In that particular instance where you believe that your property is being stolen and you uh, are able to corroborate that, so you have a fair um, estimation of what's going on, then um, you would, you, you should, you know, th- that should be figured well, into the uh, the situation. Yeah. Um, you, know, I, I, you were right, but then you've recorded me, you know, using the bathroom too, and that's wrong. Well, now I was thinking more from a landlord perspective, and you did say roommate. I think if you're you're not I think it's a nasty thing to do if you're a roommate, but I don't think you have the same obligations as somebody who as a landlord um I could see if, so in a way you're both it's a difficult situation because you're both you don't own the property but you've you've both paid equally for its use. let's assume you're paying equal shares, 
you've paid equally for its use. So one of you wants to film and one of you doesn't know. You know, I, I think if you're filming your roommate for specific purposes you, like that, and if you, you might really want to protect your shampoo, what, now that you've opened your house up to somebody else who lives there, you can take your shampoo with you into your room and um, hide it there, hoard it like a little miser. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- I think in that case the camera would be okay. If it's a landlord, then I think there's a problem because there is a con. I imply the camera would be okay as long as he just caught him stealing the shampoo. Well, there's absolutely caught him doing anything else. But there's else. absolutely no implied contract between co- people cohabitating. Hour three's on the way. You can take control. Bring up anything. How do you feel about it? It's free talk live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You guys were duking it out during the break here in the studio, verbally at least. We'll get back into that here in a moment, but I want to go to the phones because Evan's been waiting patiently in Michigan. Evan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Hello. Hey, Hello. What, what's on your mind, Evan? Hey, um... First of all, you guys do a great job. And second, all right, I'll get right into it. Um, yes, sir. I had a, a conversation with my friend uh, a few days ago about the war on drugs, and she came to the conclusion, her conclusion was that uh, drugs should be legalized, but none of the harder drugs should be. That, that's a, it's an easy place to go. I mean, that's that's where I think a lot of us started out. It's a step in the right direction, sure. Yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, I was trying to convince her that all drugs need to be legalized and the market should uh, could uh, come up with a solution where if you did heroin, you know, maybe you, you, it wouldn't be as dangerous health-wise, but you could still have that kind of effect. Heroin really, it. in and of itself, I mean, if you look at the, uh, the, the legal forms of heroin out there, um, Oxycontins and things like that, they're not that dangerous, and you can usually live quite a long life in doing them. Um, it, it, it won't be the same level or quality of life that you or, you or I understand. Mm-hmm. It I mean, is a legitimate point in that the, the impurities that can come into play as a result of black market uh, manufacture... It's really dosage with right. heroin. Well, that's true. Uh, dosage impurities, whatever, the, the danger that comes into play with black market manufacture of drugs will no longer be present. Uh, but what were the reasons that she understood why legalization of, say, marijuana would be all right? What was her? Uh, what was persuading her in that direction there? Uh, I guess they just seemed that it, it seemed less dangerous to her, and she feels like, well, if like heroin or cocaine are, are are illegal, you know, people, you know, and if you could buy them, let's say at like CVS or someplace like that, that people would just go out and and who, and go out and try them and uh, they might very well die or something like that. I've tried lots of drugs that I don't do now. So yeah. now here's a question: Is she a marijuana smoker? Yes. That's okay. The thing. Like she she does drugs, but she for some reason she's like, if coke was legal, I'd be doing it too, and. I don't really? know if I would be... I think a lot of people would try like these drugs that, just to, to I, see them. But I think I, the penalties, I'm not sure what the situation is um, in your state, but usually the penalties for marijuana are the same as for coke. So if she, the oh, only okay. thing keeping her from doing coke, I'd check that out. Because if her arguments, well, I wouldn't do coke if it was legal. In some <laughs> states, it's the same penalty. So it didn't stop. the law didn't stop you from doing marijuana or some of the other drugs you do. 
but you're saying it is stopping you from doing cocaine? No, it's not. The, most people don't do hard drugs because they, they know that there's some level of danger involved, a higher risk of addiction. It's just people aren't that interested. I don't think that many people are interested in doing cocaine and heroin and meth. I think some young people try them, and most people who try hard drugs do it once or twice, and then it's over with. Right. I mean, the the fact is, she is taking this position because she wants her drug to be legal, but she doesn't care about the freedoms of other drug users. No, that's not to... true. She's still working through the problem uh, mentally, and, and this was her first mm. introduction to it. I don't think that that's uh, what you're saying is fair, Ian. I think that's where she's coming from with it. I mean, she doesn't want to risk arrest for doing her drug, but she doesn't care if the heroin addicts risk arrest. Well, I think she understands marijuana better, that it's not, it, that the... the she, yeah, she understands that marijuana yeah. isn't dangerous, what? and she does, and, you know, she considers cocaine and heroin to be dangerous, and really, those drugs, I mean, how many people have you heard have died from just using cocaine? Not too many. It's sometimes so sometimes you, you'll hear about somebody with a heart condition and crack and, or something like that. Oh, and certainly speedballing will kill you, kids. You do heroin and, and, and uh, heroin and cocaine and mix them together, you're going to die. It happened to Jim Belushi. <laughs> it happened to River, um, River Phoenix. And you are not immune to this. Heroin, but cocaine, and what? It's heroin and cocaine. Oh, okay. One thing I, I learned uh, from Peter Chris from LEAP, uh, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, you don't want to debate the relative dangers and merits of different drugs, that's not what sells most people on it. You have to show them that the policy is worse for society than the effect of the drugs. If that's you where can, I would have gone. If yeah. you can get them oh, okay. to come to the realization that drug use levels are probably going to stay the same or decline, that's where the evidence points to for hard drug use. Um, once you can because she them believes that, the opposite right now. Well, most people do, but th they just believe that the law is what keeps it in check. It's really not. Most people prefer um, milder forms of drugs and milder drugs. That's You saw during Prohibition, people went to hard alcohol because it was, it was an easy Easier. way to transport drugs, but people don't like hard alcohol. Right. And now, it's beer years, use is but, increasing, yeah. and liquor use is decreasing at pretty much by you know just minuscule amounts every year since pro um, Prohibition was lifted, but it'll still be you know, right. some time before people stop drinking cocktails. I, I would approach it. Now, presuming since she is a marijuana smoker, odds are good mm. that she's probably someone that would be uh, an individual who cares about others. Is, would you say that's the case? Yeah, she's done marijuana. She's, she's also done shrooms, I guess. And she said she tried Coke once. Perhaps you should approach it from, as, as Nick was saying, the, you know, this viewpoint of, well, this war on drugs is doing more damage than the drugs themselves. Ask her how she feels about heroin users getting arrested and thrown in jail cells. How does she feel about uh, cocaine users being thrown in, uh, thrown in a jail cell? I asked her about that, and she's like, well... You know, uh, they shouldn't have been doing it in the first place, sort of. I mean, I mean, it's wow, that's kind of I'm a like, law and order they, mentality. Well, yeah, that's what that's they're doing. I'm, like, I'm like, they didn't do anything wrong. They just, they're doing, it's their body. They have a right to do well, what they want to their body. Some th some people are offended by the fact that people use drugs, but I would just approach it from the fact that, yes, the drugs do cause harm to society, and drugs will, will always cause harm to society. Whether they're legal or not, people are still going to use them. But yeah, when you, but I, and I was also thinking, uh, Mark uh, brought a point up a while back, and I just remembered it now, like where you're saying that, look, there's chronic alcohol users, there's chronic drug users, you know, and so just leaving them illegal, you know, you could have somebody come in your house, like, looking for the money or the drugs themselves and could kill you over, yeah. you know, instead of just going to the store and buying them or something. 
you know. Yeah. Basically, that uh, she's at risk. Right. The fact that yeah. drugs are illegal inflates their cost by like you know in a tremendous amount, and therefore people have to uh, hurt and kill and and um, steal in order to get those drugs. Perhaps the fiscal right. policy might be uh, something you could approach as well uh, in that uh, if she's okay with these people being arrested and put into a jail cell, maybe remind her that, that taxpayers, including her, are paying upwards of you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year to keep those people in jail. So she's actually paying uh, to put those people in jail cells. And we all know that it doesn't stop people from getting drugs. They can get the drugs in the jails. And when they get out, uh, the recidivism rate is, is fairly high. People go right back to using their favorite drug as soon as they get out of jail. So, really, what's the point of it all? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I'm for I'm for uh, repealing, I mean, uh, getting rid of all the drug laws and all that stuff. I don't even do drugs, but I feel like it, the basic you know, human right is you have a right to do whatever you want to your body. So, yeah. And if you really want to do it, you're going to do it anyway, so... Well, let it let and and if she comes back, if you bring her, uh, you know, if you bring up the point about putting people in a jail cell, and she managed uh-huh. to understand why that's a bad idea, and then she then she runs to the next, you know, the next area uh, where people usually run, and that is, well, why don't we put them into treatment? Well, why don't you ask her how she'd feel if she was forced into treatment <laughs> you for know, her how marijuana that problem? Would be. Yeah, what would and, she do? And, and on top of that, um, besides being forced into treatment and how much that would suck, how much does it suck for the people that are in treatment? The uh, the only in Alcoholics Anonymous, the only rule for um, you know the only qualification for membership is a desire to stop using or drinking, depending on it's NA or AA. And so therefore, <laughs> you're putting somebody in the environment there that isn't uh, even qualified for membership. But judges do it constantly. Let us know what happens with your conversations with this young lady, and thank you for the call tonight, dude. 800-259-9231. It's one of those cases where you'd think the person you're talking to is going to be receptive because they've already tried you know, a drug or two, and they still are just completely locked down in their viewpoint. That has to be very frustrating, and I well, understand where he's coming from. Well, it's that issue of people want their own freedom, but they don't, right. you know. If you use marijuana, you're going to say marijuana should be legal, but you still buy all the arguments that are made against marijuana for all the other drugs. Well, she's not just that. a marijuana user. She's tried cocaine, it was um, said. And, and I think that, that people just, they're concerned about the cost to society. They don't know much about these things. And uh, somebody smarter than them has figured this out. They're certain of it. Right. 1-800-259-9231. The fact is it costs society a lot of damn money to put these drug users in jail cells. And it uh, costs a lot of money to run the enforcement measures uh, by the police. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars a year. and maybe ask her how she would feel if she thinks her life would be better had she spent five years in prison for some marijuana possession. That's a good question. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. By the way, uh, those features include the wiki. Get interactive with over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. 
so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com and do business with business support Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231 to the phones and the fun. The amp line, it's Will in Hawaii. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Will. Hey, guys. Hey, what's um, on your mind? The other day I received a notice in the mail from the IRS. Yes. It's a, uh, it was titled Economic Stimulus Payment Notice. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah, this uh, is the, uh, the, the this is the the, the three hundred dollar check or six hundred dollar check or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I, in looking at it, it looks like I, I was looking at it pretty closely to see if it was talking about it was supposed to be any kind of refund or anything. But it looks like, from what I can tell, it's just extra money that they're just creating out of the air. Apparently. Well, they don't want to tell you where it's coming from or um, anything like that. So. You know. Well, it is going to be your money, as I understand it. Uh, does it does it not um, suggest that uh, this will be coming off of your tax return next year? Because that's what, from what I understand, the situation is going to be. Um. Well, no, I, I I don't think it actually comes off your tax return. It is is from what I'm reading, it looks like all you need to do is file a 2007 tax return. You know, for tax return for last year, uh-huh. and then they'll basically send you this payment. So I'm not sure that it has anything directly to do with your – I don't think it even goes on the tax form at all. So they're not telling you that it's going to come out of your 2008 return in that uh, that's the way it was years ago, and we've heard since then that that's the way it's going to be. Could They could change the way they do things, but – doesn't seem seems, likely. seems unlikely in that uh, they'll give you $300 this year, but then next year you won't get you know $300 that you would have gotten uh, on your return. Well, it says we're sending this notice to let you know that based on this new law, it will be sending one-time payments starting in May, and all you have to do is file a 2007 tax return. Um, they'll figure the eligibility and send you the payments. Um, it's not to be confused with any 2007 income tax refund that is owed by the federal government. So it doesn't seem like it's going to come off of, a, hmm. of your 2008 return. At least they don't say any. At least I don't see anything about that on. You here. know, they might do it differently this time. Maybe this time they'll just print a bunch of money and send it out, and you know, and inflate the money supply a little bit more. Still robbing you. Yeah, it, it, it seems like that's what they're doing. I mean, on the one hand, I, I don't like it because you know if they're just essentially inflating the money supply more, um, you know, I don't like that idea. But on the other hand, I could also consider it. You know, they're already taking my money, so it's kind of like this is just a little less. Well, there's no reason. I mean, if, it, it really doesn't matter, um, you know, it, it, in, in the long or the short of it, it doesn't really matter simply because you're going to take the money either way. So where it comes from doesn't matter. Right. I mean, if you're in, yeah. involved well, I mean, in I the process. I guess I could not cash the check. But, but what would the point of that be? I mean, you're already involved yeah, it, in the system. You're already going to exactly. do the tax return. If you're playing their game, then you might as well get as much uh, back as you possibly can. Yeah, that's that's true. And I mean, if I didn't cash the check, you know, I don't even know what would happen to the money. It's probably it would just eventually be considered, you know, income for them, which they would spend some other way. It's better if I spend it myself. It doesn't seem to matter to them whether or not they uh, have money in the coffers to uh, cover whatever expenditures they have. So, you know, they're they're not even looking at their checking account balance when they buy things. So I would say that, really that if like if this was going to be your year to drop out of the system and no longer participate in their little tax game, then certainly I would encourage you to refuse cashing that check. Uh, but if if you intend right. on continuing to play ball with them and continue to file uh, returns, then yeah, take the money. You might as well. Right. In fact, that's what, that's what my brother's doing. He he hasn't I guess filed returns for a couple of years, and it's funny. My my dad called us both on the phone this morning, telling us about this. Uh, payment and you know suggesting that 
that he file a return so that he could receive the payment. And he, uh, <laughs> that sounds dangerous that. to he me. He didn't want any part in that because it wasn't his money. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be an awful idea. That would be like uh, saying, okay, I don't want to play by your rules two years in a row, not interested in uh, dealing with you, but all right, I'm going to jump back in. And at that point, if you fill out you know, the form two years later, they're going to say, hey, what I'd about read, the other two? I red flag those people. Yeah. The people that uh, yeah, that, that, that filed really only. Point too, even. Yeah. So so now, did Just he get a notice yeah. similar to you? Did he also get the same notice, or did he not get this? Not that I know of, hmm. um, which, you know, like I said, could be because he hasn't filed for a couple of years. That's probably the case. Uh, so they probably so won't even send radar. it to him. Yeah. yeah. And he should stay off their radar. There's no reason to alert the IRS to what it is you're doing. If you, as far as, I mean, this isn't legal advice, it's just what I think. Uh, if you're going to pull out of the system, don't send them any more stuff. Don't, course, oh, yeah. there's no reason to correspond with them or, or try to uh, jump back in three years later. If you've made that decision, you are, you should jump off that uh, yeah, ledge. Yeah, you did it for and, a principled reason. Don't, right. don't stop, you know, don't Ooh, go back in. 300 bucks. Yeah, don't go back in for that. Yeah, exactly. Because you've saved far yeah. more than you know, three hundred dollars or six hundred dollars in the two years that uh, that you weren't paying those thugs. It just sounds so, wrong to me yeah. too. Or certainly, at least in the long run. I mean, I don't think he's making much money now, but you know, if he starts, you know, increasing his income, then certainly in the long run, he's definitely saving a lot more money. And yeah. you know, besides just the principle of it, yeah. Exactly. There's no reason to go back into the system once you've dropped out. I mean, that's. I mean, you'd have to be just scared to do something like that, and I don't think that's. I mean, if you've made if you've made that jump, you've had the courage to stop paying. Why in the world would you go back for a three hundred or six hundred dollar check? That would be just pathetic, in my book. Will any other yeah. thoughts? Uh, nope, that's it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You take control. Bring up whatever you want now. Nick and Mark, uh, during the news break at the top of the hour, uh, you guys were going back and forth on this this privacy issue. And just to bring our listeners up to speed, last hour we were talking about a sort of a hypothetical question of, well, what if you lived in the same house with another, with you know, two roommates? Uh, would it be all right to put up cameras without the other roommate's knowledge? And why don't you guys uh, go ahead and and uh, just sort of recap what you were talking about now, off the air? We both agree um, that a that uh, you know a person who owns a house who gets a roommate should not be able to put cameras up in the bathroom in order to catch their uh, roommate, uh, say, stealing shampoo or some other thing that's going on in the bathroom, right? That a, no, that no, we don't. We don't agree that a landlord, <laughs> that a landlord can do this? Oh, no, a landlord should not be able to do so that. So a roommate who owns the property, I, I for one, for, um, for instance, the only time that I can recall, that's mm, not true, the most recent time that I had roommates, um, I had them in a, in a house that I lived in, and they helped me pay the rent, essentially. So I let them live there. I was their landlord. Right? Does that make sense yes. to you? Yep. Does, and so does that. So do we agree then that I would not have had the right, and those people would have had the reasonable expectation uh, that they would be have privacy in the bathroom? Did you have a lease with these people? Yeah, sometimes I did. Sometimes I didn't. Uh, well, if you don't have a lease, I'd say they're just at your mercy, personally. But that's okay. that's a personal. Let's say for the sake of the argument that you did have a lease and it was there was some kind of an agreement. Then no, I don't. I think it's implied that a landlord would not put secret cameras up to film people without but telling them. But you think in a roommate scenario where someone doesn't have it a lease or anything like that, the roommates, since it's a common area to both of them and they both pay rent, that they, that a roommate could do such a thing? Yes. More on the nuts. way. You d- you disagree with him, I Absolutely. think, Absolutely. All right, 800-259-9231. You can chime in as well. Privacy. Do you have a right to it? It's Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. We will keep you in the loop. Whatever there's something you need to know about the show, updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's free, by the way. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest, June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to meet hundreds of individuals who, just like you, cherish liberty and are uh, living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. As well, you can tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T. Dot com. We're talking about privacy. Uh, privacy and private property, specifically. If you're out in public, I think we all agree that no one who's in public has the right to privacy. I would agree. Of course, then again, in a world that uh, that I would propose, there would be no public property. There would be at least publicly owned property. There well, would be I think private. From, I think from the state you do, but that's a limitation on the state. I don't think the state has a right to necessarily... Correct. From other yeah. private people right. in a public place. Mostly you don't because right they're taking money from me in order to do it. Well, yeah, and I think that there are. you need to limit the state but in but, what they can do. But what you say and do in public is public. Correct. Now, that also includes uh, if you're on someone else's private property... That is, for instance, a, a store. They've got video cameras up. Uh, you are consenting to being recorded by going onto their private property. Uh, but now we're getting into some really distinct areas, the, the nitty-gritty, the details of privacy and private pro- uh, private property. And I say that... I think uh, minutia might be a better terminology. I say, well, there's, it's, it's resulting in some disagreements between the two of you, and so why don't you and guys... And generally, that doesn't happen. Nick and, and I generally are pretty close to the same on every single issue. Now, I say if it's your private property, you have the absolute right to record someone unless contracted otherwise. And I think that in a uh, in a residential leasing situation where you're renting property from another, in many contracts, it does say that the landlord will provide you with uh, uninterrupted uh, or it will essentially provide you with the property for you to use without uh, any sort of infringements. Ter- terminology that, doesn't say uh, uh, in my leases don't doesn't say privacy. I uh, enjoyment. Yeah, but quite. It doesn't a, say that either. That's what well, it is. That's what? Of course, I wrote my own uh, contract. And, right. And says, very, people oh. will sign anything for a lease. Mine says anything. that, yeah, yeah. and it's it's fairly. Uh, you know, I think that's fairly standard. You know, usually it's you have to give 24 hours notice before mm-hmm. you come in, and so the marketplace can set all of these standards. But if it's not in the lease, as far as I'm concerned. You absolutely have the right to put cameras up all around your house with uh, with your tenants uh, without their knowledge. Uh, but why don't you guys go ahead and continue your discussion? Well, I don't think so. I, in that case, I think that the uh, I think if it's not mentioned that the landlord will have the authority to record what goes on in the property, it's kind of the assumption is that the the tenant has the right to privacy in that. But that's a, I, I agree an express contract. Ian um, loves to uh, you know trot out this contract thing, and if it's not expressly mentioned in the contract, then you know then it's open for and it's fair game. But the fact is, Ian, contracts now in a lot of cases are completely useless because 
you don't people don't read them because they're so long and so arduous and written in legalese and all that other stuff. All you're doing is saying, well, the person who's uh, before, uh, prefers the contract should be able to do whatever the hell they want because they're preferring a contract. No. No, it's because it's their private property and they can do what they want. Yeah, but, well, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it, it's a crime. It's wrong to just go out there. What? Who's the person the who gets video recorded. Why? Naked. So? Because they have a, a certain right to privacy. Not on their own, not if it, they're not on their own private property. They are they on their own private property when efforts. they paid you to be there, you damn scoundrel. Put it in the contract, buddy. You don't doesn't need to be in the contract because no, I it's think, an understood yeah, I right. Think the, I think the contract you can't put everything in the contract. I mean, yeah, it's, it's if, out, if it, you assume the landlord ha, if you assume the landlord has, you know, it defers to the landlord in every case that's not mentioned. You could have to, to write thousands of pages of long leases. To what about actually, what about the babysitter? What about the parents that record the babysitters? I think I think that people do have the right to um, a certain amount of privacy. I think that when you're in the, and, and and here I'll give oh. you the crux of my argument. Here you go, and and then you can tear it apart, Nick, all you wish. Um, the crux of my my argument is that no one has the right to privacy in my house if you're in a room that has a. That, that does not have a lock on the door. If you're in a bedroom or a bathroom, those rooms, by the, they're built for privacy. People have an, a, 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 an expectation of privacy in those rooms. If you're in a bedroom and the door is closed, the door could or couldn't be locked. If you're in the bathroom and the door is closed, it could or could not be locked. And the reason that those locks are on the doors is because people have a reasonable expectation of privacy. And when they do use those locks, they are obviously showing that they do want privacy. So if you put a camera up in the bathroom and I've locked the door, I've shown you that I want privacy. I suppose you could make an argument that the camera shuts off when the door is locked, that maybe you have um, some kind of argument there, but no. Otherwise... You, you've committed, I just want to monitor you've my property. A crime and you should be punished. I just want to monitor my property to make sure you're not going to damage my property. That's all. I just want to make sure you're behaving. That's the reason. Wait, I'm so are you, you're claiming that even if it's property that you own outright, it's my house, and I just videotape every room in the house, I can't do that. I'm if sorry. People come in. You, you cannot. No, you cannot visit videotape strangers coming into your house and using your bathroom. If you don't tell them, right? If you don't tell them. If you do tell them, you can videotape anybody you wish. Yeah, but my bathroom has a video camera in it. If you're going to use it, you're going to get videotaped while you poo. Yes, th- that's well, absolutely you're coming, fine. Uh, it's, it might be a reasonable thing to do, but you're coming up with this right to privacy, and I'd like to know where you're pulling that out of because this it's, is it's okay, a positive it's expect, liberty. I have a right to expect the privacy. There's an expectation of privacy. And you have it, a right to expect nothing on somebody else's private property. I think you absolutely do have Unless the right you to. Have, and it, when you have a contract with somebody to use that private property, so I if think they walk it's onto a my contract pro- If somebody walks onto my property, a, a little girl comes onto my property to pick flowers, if I grab her uh, physically, uh, she has no right to expect anything, right? Um, I grab her physically, drag her inside and sodomize You're her. You're violating her right I'm th- I, yeah, I'm talking about. Oh, so, she so has a right. She, she didn't have. She gave up her right to liberty when she stepped on my no, property, no, man. No, no, you're talking about. You're you're missing the whole distinction I'm no. making. <laughs> I'm saying you don't have positive rights. They don't exist. You have right to life, liberty, property. Mm-hmm. So when you're grabbing her, yeah, you're denying her right to liberty. If she walks onto but your she, property she and denied, expects you to keep your grass cut short, that's you could. Somebody she denied could argue my right to private property. Put up I a have fence. the right that's, to private, that's, private property. You're arguing a different issue about defending private property. What I'm arguing is you have a right to life, liberty, property. Where does this right to privacy come from? 
This is you saying people have a right to expect things. Do I have a right to expect? Yes, this? you do. I'll be taken have, care of. You do have the right to expect privacy when you're going to the bathroom. That's why there's a lock on the door because people want that. If 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 a free mar- if the free market can't come up with a solution for that, we don't need the free market. Okay, because everybody goes to the bathroom and they go several times a day and they want to be private. And if what you're preferring <laughs> preferring to these people is a system where they can't have privacy in the bathroom, you people are so far on the fringe they don't want to talk to you. Well, you can assume that the toilet will work because there's a handle on it. And if you, you can walk into the bathroom, would you let him make a point? You loud mouth. <laughs> I mean, if you walk into my bathroom and you do your business and the toilet doesn't flush and this offends you because I don't keep my property up to it, what is a reasonable standard? I don't have to keep my property up to what you reasonably expect me to do. It's mine. I can do what I want with my property. That's the I think whole foundation of liberty. Violated when, me far further by videotaping me. Not, not that I care. By by the way, I have taken. Uh, you know, I've gone to the bathroom and in front of uh, dozens of people at a time. It doesn't matter to me <laughs> at all. But I think that you have violated someone else by uh, videotaping them. You perv in the bathroom. I agree that it's not something that's nice to do. It doesn't meet with social standards, and I think there are other ways to address it. I, I, I don't agree. Think, pr- I think I have a right I don't to record think what goes will, on in my will, house. And, and no one will ever find out. That's the, that's the biggest problem. Well, then what's the, well, what's the problem? Well, unless you catch if somebody... No what if out. I catch somebody doing... What if the babysitter in my house is doing cocaine Where? in the bathroom? What if I, what if I want... Check. And she is. I catch her doing that okay, on um, tape. So then I fire you, her as a babysitter, me, and she finds on. out. Now, how long has she been left uh, with your children? I don't know. She's a babysitter. Three hours. Three hours. And you're telling me that you don't believe that you can tell if someone's a little skittish and uh, okay. freaked out from doing Let's cocaine? Let's assume she's 24 hours, so I have a reason to be taping. Okay. Now, why are you leaving your children with a uh, babysitter for 24 hours? Uh, you're going on a trip? Yes. That's, it's bizarre stuff. Now and you're why getting would into silly why would, they be yeah, at, why would you be at their house instead my of the kid being is, at her you house? Can, you can use video Can she video take the evidence. kid to her house and um, do cocaine there? I just want to know whether she's doing it or not. I'm not saying I'm going to give it to the police. 1-800-259-9231. You as a parent can specify where your employees take care of your kids. Preferably be in your house. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. If you make it right now, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Freetalklive.com. If you want to help support the show, then we ask you to become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the program. It'll cost you all of three bucks a month. It's totally voluntary. The purpose is to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live and thereby get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country. And you'll get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in-line chat room and forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. The amplifiers make a difference for this show, and we really appreciate every single one of them. Of course, we appreciate just our regular listeners, too. Uh, but the amplifiers going the extra mile above and beyond the call of duty. So if you want to join that club, hop on over to amp.freetalklive.com. We'll let you guys return to the fray here in a moment, but let's go to the phone calls uh, and talk to Frank, in, or actually Freedom Frank, calling from Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, hey guys, I just want to make a quick uh, um, comment about the uh, right to privacy. Uh, the definition of privacy, setting aside um, whether or not humans have rights, and using Lockean rights as a, a basis for, for the discussion here, um, the right to privacy is the state of being free from intrusion. So using that definition and applying that to, to rights, 
you must have a right to privacy if you have a right to life at all. Because if you have a right to life and you don't have a right to privacy, then you can't be intruded upon. So they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. I'm not sure that I understand the point that you've made. I don't understand how they're they're connected. Why does why does why do I have a right to privacy simply because I have a right to to um, to life? And how does intrusion? Because the, defin- because the definition of privacy is the state of being free from intrusion. intrusion sure. So because I have the have right, right to be because my my heart has the right to be, uh, be intruded the right not to be impaled. I, I can't. I'm sorry. There's a big lag here. Uh, I was asking because my heart has the right to not be impaled by a knife. Therefore, I have the right to not be seen by other eyes. I need help. Right. Your property is your life, your body, and you have, assuming you have the right to life. But wait a minute. We're talking right about a situation, be. Frank, we're talking about a situation where you are on my property. Right. Well, I'm, 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 using, I'm using natural rights theory as a basis. So, I mean, if, if you have a right to your life, you have a right to your property, then you must have a right to privacy because you cannot be... You can't ha- you can't be free from intrusion unless you have a right to privacy and, and also have a right to your life. But the they issue go, they go hand in hand. You can't have a right to life and be unfree from intrusion, which is a definition of privacy. But the issue you're running up against with that is that you're 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 on someone else's property and you're expecting privacy for the sake of argument on someone else's property. Right. If it's so your property, right. So then you're free from intrusion. Right. As then long as you, you take then, the effort, as long as you close your blinds, you're free from intrusion on your property. But if you're on someone else's property, then you absolutely don't and, have a right to be free from in- and intrusion. And you're using one I, – I, I'm thinking you're using the definition of intrusion in a particular way, and it may be correct. But to me, being taped isn't necessarily being intruded upon. What, if I, I'm, what in I'm saying is you don't have the right to – property or life unless you have the right to privacy because you need to be free from intrusion in order to have free to, in order in order to have a life and property mm-hmm. so to say that you're on my property and somehow you lose the right to privacy which means you lose the right to life simply because you're on my property doesn't make any sense i, I don't i don't understand the connection between the right to life and the right to Pro, uh, the, the right to privacy by taking away your privacy does not violate your right to life. You can still breathe and eat food and stuff uh, without you know, with, with a camera pointed at you. And if it's my property, you're taking away my right to property by saying that you have a right to privacy on my property if I want to record you. Right. Well, I, I didn't want to get into the the issue of whether or not you have a right at all as a human, but assuming that we have certain rights usually natural theory rights is what most libertarians uh, subscribe to. In order to have a right to life and a right to property, you must have your freedom of your life to not be intruded upon, to not be harmed. And but you're not being intruded upon I, if you're on my property. You're on my property. You are subject to my rules at that point. If you don't want to be subject to my rules, don't come on my property. If you stay on your property then and you've got all the blinds closed, then I agree that you don't. You do have a right to not be intruded life. upon. My, hmm? my property is my life. That's what I'm saying. So That's right, you and you're free to not come on my so, property with your life. So, but, I, but under your your discussion earlier, I'm not free to be unintruded upon because I don't have the right to privacy. Um, I'm afraid the argument's you're, lost you're, on you're me. Allowing, you don't have the right to allowing, privacy on someone else's property. No, That's my the argument life, my body is my property. So I don't have That's, a right to film you anywhere because you're alive? 
Based on the based on no, the right no. of of life and property, I think you, you cannot be intruded upon at all. Lost never mean, said anything so about in a public privacy. place. I can't um I can't film you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that doesn't make you have sense. The, if you have the right to your person and you do not want to be intruded upon, which is privacy, um, then no, you don't. Because I, I, I totally disagree. Thank you for yeah. the call, 800-259-9231. I, I, I do agree that there are limits. I, I, I would say that there are limits to property rights is what um, I'm talking about, it, 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 not uh, that you, know, you have a right to, to privacy in that sense. I don't. I'll, I'll agree. I'm, what I'm saying is that your rights when you go on someone else's property are limited, not the property owners. You well, have a right to freedom of movement, basically to liberty, but you don't have a right to walk through my front door if I don't want you to and keep walking back and forth to my <laughs> right. house. I have a right to well, beat you out and well, get you right, out if the you door. See, but but if, if you, in fact, have um, absolute rights on your property, then it's then's to say that if I come to your door and it, um, you know, I walk in because it's just the screen doors open or whatever, you can shoot me dead um, right there at the some threshold. Some states are, well, if, okay, so if, some it's, states, I, if it's expressed that you're, great. people aren't welcome what, at the what front if I door. Come, what are, if I come on the uh, porch and there, is, there isn't, a, and, and there's a sign well, that says no, no soliciting, but I'm soliciting. I think there are limits on the equal rights. No soliciting? Yeah. Can you shoot me, <laughs> can you shoot me dead for you, coming to uh, knock on your door and ask for money for UNICEF? No, I don't think so, because if the guy could be blind. If it says solicitors will be shot and what you if still come blind? to the door, then yes. What if the solicitor is blind? What if I'm they? wearing a sign on my chest that says, I am not <laughs> blind? <laughs> okay. okay. I think, no, I think there are certain limits. Ah, I don't think great. You could, then we're talking about the limits, and I would say those limits are that you cannot based, just film anybody who's using the bathroom there, that you feel I like. Base, I base the limits on specific things, which you're not... I base the limits on the equal right of others to their life, liberty, property. So just because somebody's on my property, they walked across my lawn... I don't think that necessarily yeah, gives me the right to gun them down. Your life hasn't been threatened, and so therefore it's uh, it is not appropriate. We, but for you, you have agreed that, that there's a reasonable expect, expectation um, from a the standpoint of a renter to expect privacy on property he has paid for. So you saying right, that there's a reasonable there's, expectation to expect privacy when there's an element of ownership. And all I'm saying is there's a reasonable expectation to expect privacy that you're as as a guest because I believe a guest has a certain amount of rights too. Simple the simple fact no. that you um, in the same way that a renter does a guest is you know, being preferred, they're gifted the ability to come on the property. That's all. Only in this, but they're being gifted. You don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You're being allowed to stay on the property. They didn't give you what specific terms. I'm letting you stay here. Right. When, the when same, there's a, when there's a the lease agreement, you're paying. In the same way that I'm gifting um, anybody that I don't sodomize uh, that comes on my property, no, I'm, I'm gifting the, them that. No, you're, you're making extrapolations that are just out there. I, I'm, like what, I'm not the one proposing that I can film people that are using the bathroom. I don't believe I have a right to just beat people and shoot them and rape them on my own property. I believe that that would be a violation of their rights. But I'm acknowledging that they have... You can watch them in the bathroom doing extraordinarily personal things and in the bedroom, supposedly, uh, assuming that they do extraordinarily personal things in that bedroom, too. I think it's just the body functions that are grossing you out on this, Mark. I think you'd agree that if I had a hidden camera in my living room because I had expensive stuff in there... I and I didn't tell people. I don't think I, I have the same expectation of privacy in your living room as I do in a bathroom. Well, I'm That's sorry, why you weren't expecting the video at the, the bathroom. Uh, That's I, unfortunate I, that you weren't expecting I, it. I, I have lo- <laughs> there's locks on the door for a reason because I because people expect privacy in the bathroom. Well, you know what? You can have a right to expect things, but you don't have a right to the things you're expecting. Let's continue with the phone calls. Joe is on the line in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Joe. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh 
isn't the real difference here that you guys are talking about is the is the difference between rights and laws? I mean, you have a right to property, and you have a right to privacy, and you have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But there's laws against killing people, and there's laws against privacy invasion, and there's laws against harassment. Well, the, the original the original email did that we were discussing here, and where we got off onto this tangent. The original email did say that assuming that laws weren't an issue. And yes, there are laws that that handle most of these. As a matter of fact, I know. Well, I mean, and then that would be more of a political, country-oriented. Does the country you live in rely just on laws, or does it rely just on rights, or a mixture of both? I guess it would uh, depend on that exactly. I wish we had more time to discuss it with you, dude. Call us uh, tomorrow when we've got a little bit more of it. Thank you for the call tonight. It has been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. I don't think this one's been resolved. I'm sure it'll come up again at some point. You can take control tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.